welcome back to the Street and Log podcast uh, with Pierce at his in-laws this week uh, and deciding to ditch us. I have Caroline joining me today uh, to talk, well, to talk about a lot of things. Uh, Caroline, how are you doing? Uh, hey, everybody. I'm glad to be back. And I'm. Uh, it's a tough one to come back to, but I figured this was um, as good a time as any to hop back on and talk about a few things i'm doing okay um i think uh the purpose of a memorial service a lot of times is to allow reflections allow a little bit of closure that type of thing and i think that you know we'll get into more about the actual memorial itself but it did remarkably do a little bit of that for me i think it was um really nice to see so many people out to support um Laval, Deshaun, and Devin, and as well to hear firsthand stories from teammates and friends more than you know, like teammates sometimes feel so just like, oh, they were forced to be together on this yeah. team. Like there are clearly stories shared that made us laugh, definitely that made us cry. Um, but I think it's uh as as i get a little choked up now but um it's been the the uh the times crying have been spaced out and shorter and not in a way that's like oh everyone's moving past it or anything like that but um that idea of exactly what um coach elliott talked about the end like you know and i think jim ryan talks about it as well it's like moving on in their honor and like that moving on or proceeding in your life doesn't mean that you're forgetting anything or dishonoring the legacies of of those three young men that um we lost way too soon um but in a way that you know it's uh it's been a tough week plus but um it's been the only thing that's been heartening or encouraging if that's even the right word hopefully i find like the actual right words for things over the next however long we're gonna be talking because it is really hard to like fill those spaces but um the Charlottesville and UVA communities have always been very special to me, have always held a place in my heart since I, you know, showed up on grounds to visit my sister, you know, two years before I even got in. Um, and it's been not surprising, but still heartwarming to see how both communities and the larger athletic community in the sense yeah. of Virginia athletics, college football, college athletics and even reaching out beyond that we saw some nfl and other things like how we've been able to react and and come together in the last week has been i think pretty special all things considered that was a long uh, long answer to how i'm doing yeah zach how are you doing (laughs) yeah um probably less eloquent answer i'm yeah i'm doing okay i'm back home um i was on police lockdown for like 14 15 hours on sunday and monday um that in and of itself was a little bit traumatic um yeah what with barricading doors and yeah hearing all sorts of rumors and listening to police scanners but um yeah i mean i think being i i wasn't able to go to the memorial but obviously i I watched it um Mm. online and i thought that I agree with you. Sort of the, the the perspective that the players provided was 
and not to say that what anybody else who spoke wasn't powerful, but to hear it from them, um, I mean, I think Donovan Johnson talking about, I think it was Deshaun, and just like the funny, like that, that really got to me. And just the like, facial expressions, I could fa- see yeah. it immediately. And I was grinning, like tears in my eyes, grinning ear to ear at that. And it, ugh. and to see they even showed Tony Elliott behind him, kind of, he remembered the moment. Yeah. And, like the, yeah, the good Like just that. So yeah. not obviously the facial expression and stuff, but the moment of like what they were talking about, about being like called out on the bus for laughing. And mm-hmm. I, the, the young men that, spoke the the i I don't want like bravery to sound too cheesy um but that took like courage man like and i'm so proud of them um for getting up in front of you know nine thousand plus people that were in attendance just there another however many thousands that watched it and streamed it or at overflow locations or um just to get in front of that many people and speak is I think a, a daunting task to do that in a way that is so raw emotionally to talk about a friend. And I liked that um, a lot of them used the letter format. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I'm proud of them for speaking their emotions and, and being, you know, giving us a glimpse of, and they didn't know anyone anything. You know what I mean? Like there was right. no, no, yeah, no one's was, like, yeah, yeah. I want to know how no you're feeling. Like, there was yeah. no, absolutely not. And they clearly, what I think was so heartwarming to me is that was not the first time that they had said those words in my, from my estimation, from yeah. listening to it. And and that was what was so important to me in the grieving process, like my own personal grieving process. I didn't know really Deshaun or Devin super well I'd written about various things or spoken to them at a, you know especially I think Deshaun at one of the preseason camp things over time um but I did know Lavelle a little bit better and and so I think that um knowing that those guys knew how much they were loved and like what their teammates and coaches and friends thought of them I think that came through as well to me um and that's I think important um, that has helped me because the last thing you ever want to have happen in a traumatic situation like this is to feel like there were so many things left unsaid or that they didn't know you yeah. know how you felt and I think um, I'm just really proud of those guys that stood up and spoke because I thought they did an absolutely beautiful job so um, yeah. they should be proud of themselves too yeah I mean that had to have been a tremendously difficult task and just the grace that they did it with and just yeah. the fact that like these like vet kid like young kids were able to go yeah. up there and and talk so eloquently and give i think people of all ages something to sort of hold on to um yes was really special um i know that there was some of that i also did not get to go i wish i had been able to get to the um vigil on the south lawn on I think it was monday night but i think that there were similar s- stories shared there from from yeah. what i heard and, and just a similar sort of common grieving um being able to well, be had and i think part of that is you know we get to see a very small part of who these yeah. guys are you know yeah. and and that varies based on who the players how long they've been there how much they put stuff on social media but you know it's you see 
the on-field persona. You see what the social media accounts for the team share, but we don't get to see and we should nor should we like right. these are like imagine if everything that you ever did or said or like whatever your <laughs> moments goofing off with your friends in college were like privy to everyone who followed the football team or something like that like, it's ridiculous right. but you know it um getting to share even just a little bit in some of those stories whether it's you know i think it was Dijon who had the conspiracy theories i love that that's beautiful yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's lavelle having the very staunch like opinions on burger king over mcdonald's or vice versa you know like i like the the 187 exit yeah I, I think it was elijah, elijah Gaines sharing that yes yeah. it was a beautiful story yeah um and, and so that's what i think was was so special and and i really really commend uh the the, the memorial itself was was beautiful the like um it. yeah it was so incredibly well done and I, my heart goes out to because you know like I don't know who planned what or what things or if there's an outside party but the athletic department as a whole like the people that work for the athletic department the people that are charged with events and events planning um they were all also grieving like this yeah. was something that is jarring just in and of itself if it's your you know community let alone in the athletic department let alone on the football team, all of those things compounding. And I think they were able to, you never want to have that on your, on your plate. Like, all right, we got a quick turn getting this memorial together. Like that's right. devastating. And they yeah. did um, an incredible job of bringing in some really beautiful singing groups. Um, they had, you know, the, the video tributes, they had the, the flower boards outside. I don't know if you've mm. had a chance to see the I pictures did. I saw of that. On but... social media. Yeah absolutely beautiful way of it just was it was all very well thought out um and respectful and the intention um was to honor their lives right to remember the good things and celebrate them as opposed to i mean all of it was still again sad and introspective and grieving um but I think, you know, I, I commend the all of the athletes that were able to get back on their respective playing fields or courts over the last week. Um, but we'll talk a lot about, we'll shift gears <laughs> midway through and we'll have a lot of basketball to talk about. Um, but the women's basketball team going on the road and getting two really big and look, if they had lost, if every Virginia team had lost every single yes. game that they played, I still would have stood like, given that I just give those the every performer every person that played every player whatever you want to say just every ounce of my respect and gratitude because part of it is they gave grieving fans uh and while this is not the important part I'm not saying like oh you got to play to play through it and like all the dumb the resilience is not necessary in this situation this is not a no but with these coaches allowing their players to have discussions and come together and decide what they wanted to do, if they wanted to play, et cetera. I think that they did such a great job in that. And um, I mean, we can go into Tony Bennett's comments later and stuff, but um, just overall, I'm just really, really proud of like what a lot of people had to come together and do and, and to commemorate these three incredible young men. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh every tribute that that 
has been put out there has been has been beautiful and has been just a part of something that yeah. i mean there's no there's no playbook for this no you know, there's no absolutely not and this is just such a uniquely difficult um tragedy to try and cope with for everyone involved and so i think yeah. that what uva has done what the athletic department has done what individuals have done both athletes both administrators um has been just yeah i mean you said it just incredibly yeah. impressive and it's and it's hard to not just sort of be proud of the university as a whole for that i mean i know personally like trying to like do work in the last week <laughs> has been a practically a no-go yeah. um for me and so to be able to, to, to see you know I, I mean I I had very limited relations with all of these guys and you know just through media and whatnot but um to see people who had genuine relationships with them be able to um yeah it, it just it's, yeah. it's 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 something else um and yeah, I mean it's it's also to some extent sort of the beauty of sports, I think. Yeah. Um not to say that that's the most important thing here by any no. means, but no. um it, it meant a lot this weekend and and well not only this weekend, but but the last week um of UVA sports and it's a lot of uh a lot of good stuff to talk about, Karen. If there's anything else you want to say. Yeah, I think um I, I tweeted this, but you know, not like everyone <laughs> everyone was like look not everyone reads our tweets that's fine that's probably for probably for the best uh some of my ideas going forward that i would love to see any and all of um virginia adopt and i'm I'm, again i'm not important here these are just some of the musings because i talked about this again also on twitter but um over the course of last week i found myself thinking a lot about that legacy piece and continuing on the memory. And I kept thinking about Will Barrow who played on the 2006 national championship lacrosse team um, and was a friend of mine in undergrad who um, sadly in 2008 took his own life. Um, He was set to graduate that December semester. It was devastating. Um, And his teammate, Max Pomper the next year started the Will Barrow Memorial uh, flag football tournament which has now been going for 14 years minus a COVID year. Um, and originally it was started to help to support the helpline, which is mm-hmm. the, you know, um, mental health support call in number for people on grounds. And uh, they've been able to fully fund that for several years now. Um, and this event has become so successful that the first, I think, three or $5,000 that they raise goes to the helpline to keep that going. And then they've recently um, been able to partner with other various charities and, and stuff like that, with the m- most recent being um, Harlem Lacrosse. And they've established a Wheelbarrow Memorial Scholarship through Harlem Lacrosse. Um, this year, they raised $40,000. The year before, it was just like 50000 So this is uh, all to say that I, I think that that's a, I think there's similar things that the Virginia community can do around something like that. I'd love to see. My thought was the fourth year 5K, which they co-branded this year as a memorial run, a three-mile memorial run. Um. I think that should stay like that in the yeah. future because here's my thing. Like I, I love the idea of like giving people an alternative to the fourth year, fifth, like, which is why the fourth, fourth year 5k was established. 
do I think that a ton of the people that would have part partook partaken in a fourth year fifth would be the ones that would be like you know what you're right I'm gonna go run instead maybe not but I love the idea and I think now it would be a beautiful way to, like an easy thing the last home football game it's the same as like senior day sort of thing I think that would be really nice to see um the Pac-12 did a beautiful tribute um where they painted the 115 and 41 yard hash mark um a different color for the three players I think Virginia should do that permanently um yeah. on I'd like to see it on both ends so like the one both ones both 15 but you could because right. you there's no like home side because you switch whatever right. um and then I think that you could either or and or um either retire the jerseys I think would be understandable or yeah. do a system in which um they're well, retire numbers. the numbers retire the numbers yeah, yeah. or you could do a um I think Ole Miss does this Michigan does this like a you know memorial like you you award the number to a player that exhibits the qualities that were exhibited by those yeah. three players um I think that would be incredible because the idea of all this right is like we don't want and I don't think this will happen, but we don't want people to forget these right. three young men a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, which is why I love the idea of the hash marks, because if someone shows up and asks about it, like, why are those hash colors different? Then right. it's an easy, you know, it's a, you know, you describe the story. And, um, and so I think that the jerseys would be really touching and it would be memorable and, um, a big honor to receive one of the three jerseys. Um, and then I, I'd like to see like, you know, like when you go, I'd love to see like little like placards, uh, mm -hmm. one for each player in the, maybe I was thinking like North end zone. Is that North end zone? The student entrance end zone. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Sort of that. Where the, and then maybe the also hill is. Yeah. Maybe also above Lambeth. Like yeah. the same thing. Cause I think it's also important to, these aren't just football players. They were students. No, like you had yeah. class with, you know, and that's where I'd also love to see the idea of something like a Deshaun Perry art scholarship makes I my agree. heart warm. You know right. what I mean? Like, I think mm -hmm. that you could also establish scholarships for these three players that were award again, awarded to, cause hearing more and more about Deshaun and his interests, like he's not, that would be so great if there's someone that comes in with musical talent or who wants to pursue the arts and like, you know, that's a, spe a special way to honor that type of shared. Um, but yeah, I think if you could put those like placards that if you walk through that part of the stadium, you could stop and, and remember, and then you could even do, I don't know, I guess they don't really do the, the rows aren't numbered at Scott Hunt's letters. Cause I was going to say you could do like, yeah, it's letters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's sections, but they're not that. No, they're in the hundreds. Yeah. So, obviously, so. Anyway, these are just some of the things I've, I'm sure Virginia will come up with some all uh, wonderful ways to honor them. But I think that's uh, um, my and also just my heart goes out to the the family and friends, obviously. And uh, I'm just also in awe. I'm so glad that Marley Morgan. Um, was able to be discharged as you know quickly is not the right word because anytime the trauma from that is you know um but that she was able to be discharged and home with the family and my god mike collins i yeah. just want to give that that guy a hug um 
everything that he's been through and talk about resilience and strength. That guy was walking less than a week later. And not just like when I say walking, that man was walking with a purpose. That 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 wasn't like like, an assisted or like, no, no. he was was taking a stroll. Yeah. He was like, let's go. And so I I really, and I appreciate his mother sharing so much of his journey because I know there's so many people that were worried about, you know, what he was going through and how he was doing. So I'm glad that he was able to, uh, according to Lee Dudley, according to tweet, there's no video, but I'm sure it was beautiful. He surprised him in the weight room. Oh, uh, really? last okay. week yeah that's... lee dudley was like uh so obviously seeing him in the w- show up at the weight room made everybody's <laughs> week and i was just like and obviously he's not lifting like i get it yeah but no can you imagine said, like three like, months doing... until he can lift but yeah. yeah and he just like he pops in man i would run through a wall i'm just so proud of him and and i think that through all of this um they made the right decisions of canceling games and and you know there's going to be a lot of logistics going forward and you know, letting players be available to get to any funerals that they might want to get to. And I will 1 million percent, um, a huge thank you to Virginia Tech and the way that they've hit and honestly, Coastal Carolina and, and especially that Liberty Virginia Tech game, um, was an absolutely beautiful showing of solidarity. Um, but I think that, you know, yeah, I just, I, I, it will forever be touching to me the way that, um, especially Virginia Tech responded. Um, after yeah. Everything. No, yeah. Virginia, I mean, you know, I think people have talked at length about um, getting rid of the F Tech element of the Oh, yeah. Song. Guys, stop saying it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, Tech has been absolutely tremendous. And I think that I know there are Virginia Tech players who talked about like coming to charlottesville if the game wasn't played i'm sure something like that will happen i'm sure things will continue to happen there and so i think that you know having an in-state rival like that i mean obviously they have um the institution uh, has experience with something similar but um just having that amount of support and, and and you know throughout the sports world um before we change topics i do just want to emphasize gofundmes um for the families of the victims um We've got them all over streamlaw.com. It's in my pinned tweet um, on Twitter, the three GoFundMes, verified GoFundMes um, for the families of Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry, and Lavelle Davis Jr. There is a hub on GoFundMe that includes all the verified GoFundMes for the victims. There is now also one up for Marley Morgan. I'm going to yep. start linking that on streamlaw. That'll probably be up as an article before this podcast is published. Um but uh, I, I I know plenty of people have given, um, and I know that there's been plenty of money raised. But if you are, if any listeners are, are at all able um, and willing, um, all of us at Student Lawn would greatly appreciate and greatly encourage that. Um, we are on the lookout for a GoFundMe for Mike Collins. I think his family has been probably quite um, focused on his immediate recovery. Um, but when something does uh pop up from mike we will we will publicize that as well so that everyone can can uh can help him out um yeah i think i think at this time i think we'll we'll move on to talk about some uva sports over the last week um it's been a pretty like success you know it's it's been incredible how successful these teams have been um in the last week i mean um UVA women's soccer is going on to the quarterfinals 
um, yeah. I believe. Um, and what a gutsy comeback. Oh, my Penn goodness. State on the road three to two after being down one nothing and two to one. Yeah, two um, to one with I think they scored the second goal, the equalizer with under three minutes. Minute yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was late there. Um men's soccer unfortunately fell to Marshall um in the round of thirty-two penalty in, in penalty kicks. kicks. The worst, buddy. The um worst. UVA women's basketball is five and out after wins yeah, over Loyola, Chicago, and was that the fifth one? Uh no, um uh American. An American. Um, yep. So Coach Mox's program is absolutely firing on all cylinders. I don't think that this program has been 5-0 and in a very long time. Fair um, enough. I mean, uh, yeah. Not that I, I, I went through it a while ago. Um, and then obviously on Friday and Sunday, the UVA men's basketball team got two absolutely huge wins to win the Continental Tire main event tournament out in Las Vegas, beating number five Baylor. Um, on Friday by a final score of 86 to 79 and the number 19 Illinois 70 to 61 on Sunday the Hoos are now up to fifth in the AP poll um, with arguably the two best wins combination of wins in college basketball so far this season Um, I guess I'll throw it to you what did you see this weekend like I mean this has been you know (laughs) something else the uh it cannot be understated how what a performance the men's basketball team put on in vegas i know like and not only that but the way that they're they're playing this season um because it's you know like you said they scored in the 80s against but and here's the thing both baylor and illinois like those are minimum like those are teams that could i you could easily see in the elite eight yeah those are not overhyped teams like these are not preseason i would be stunned if they're not both in the sweet 16 yeah like stunned and i understand the thing that's hard is like you know we don't know what the bracket looks like and all that and you watch like the maui invitational and commentators are constantly like i think that they've listed 16 teams by now that i've heard that like this is a final four team like i get i think there's actually a lot of um parody at the top i think that no one has really looked super untouchable you know Mm -hmm. you think about um and i i think actually five is a very like reasonable place for virginia to be right now like there's still part of me that feels a little bit like that feels high but it's also just because i I think that's just always what my brain is going to be like um i think the national media was just looking the national media was looking for like i think everyone is quick to say oh tony bennett's team is very good but you just need that like i mean these are two very big pieces of evidence so i'm not saying that it's an overreaction well and all this stuff about you bring back the starting five people always say like well, what did those starting five do last year? <laughs> and that's yeah. a fair question. No, it is. It's similar to, I guess, the, you know, you, people say like, oh, they returned the, all the corn, like the secondary. Right. But I think that in this difference is like, there was no doubt to anyone watching that the team at the end of the season last year was significantly better than the one that lost to Navy in the season opener, which right. also makes sense when you look at the, pieces that went in and out having new guys having to learn the defense etc cetera, etc cetera. like that all mm-hmm. tracks like they still shouldn't have lost to navy but fine right um and so the thing to me that's been so impressive is they are doing things that not even and this is do not get me wrong this is not like i will never guarantee you like this is a championship team mm-hmm. this is a team that could realistically 
win a national championship. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows better than Virginia fans how difficult that is to do. Yeah. But they're doing things. Yes, they're doing things this year that even that 2019 team did not do. And I will explain. (laughs) The assist rate is out of control great right now. They're moving the ball wonderfully. Shout out Ben Vanderplas. He is a great addition to the passing game. Did not know that when he came in. Yeah, he's doing Um, But, you know, you look at obviously Kihei, Reese, Armand is dishing. Everyone is dishing. Everyone is comfortable. Even the new guys, even when you look at McNeely and Dunn, like they're making the extra pass that is happening. Um, So the assist rate is like second best in the country. That's wild. Or fifth, top five, somewhere in there. Um, But Virginia's always played good, share the ball, you know, find a great shot, pass up a good one. The thing that is really going to make a difference is that free throw attempt rate. Zach, they are second right now. First, yeah. second. Uh, Ken I haven't Palm checked since like last night. First, right that is now. that's changing. Like, you know, with other games being played, but yeah, right. Let's let's just go to 2019, which I think we could all agree. And I'll go to 18 too. In 2019, 1819, when they won the national championship, they were 279th in that category. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, 17, 18, which I understand whatever UMBC, blah, blah, blah. But that's the team that went, you know, 17 and one in ACC play, won the ACC tournament. They were 345th in that category. Last year, 247th. So uh, all this is to say is like, this is a huge piece that adds something to this offense because one it's illustrating that the offense is much more aggressive heading to the basket and in the paint part of that is because the three-point shooting percentage has made another sorry sorry folks for the you can hear the background i'm fostering two puppies and they have woken up um but the three-point shooting is number four in the country at basically 46.9 percent 47 percent yeah so because they and we all knew this last year, but because they can make threes and have multiple people that can do so with five players shooting over 46% or 46% or better, the lane opens up. They've got more space. And you've got guys like Caden Shedrick and Ben Vanderplas and Jaden Gardner that can operate around the basket. But then you also have guys like Reese and Armand who have shown that they are not afraid to drive the lane and go to the hoop. And as a result, they're getting free throws when defenses have to compensate and aren't fast enough or whatever, um, which you saw with Baylor in in Illinois. Like it is a markedly different part of this offense that could be a huge deal, especially because they're doing well shooting them. Yeah. And I mean, I think that probably the free throw numbers are going to be slightly inflated because of late game fouling and this is this is a note to say just how good the offense is. Illinois and Baylor were both switching the majority of screens against Virginia. And if you know anything about the UVA offense, you know that it is predicated on both on-ball and off-ball screening. And something that has given Virginia as a program under Tony Bennett a great deal of issues in the past is when teams like Florida State and Duke uh, back in the 2019 year do switch everything because then you have to win one-on-one. And what we're seeing with this team is that they're able to exploit mismatches and then draw fouls. So all of a sudden teams aren't going to be able to do that sort of like, Oh, well, here's like, you know, UVA great system, but we're just going to switch everything and make them beat us. Well, they've beaten two very good teams 
in yeah. doing that. And part of that comes down to there's a lot of versatility with this roster. There's a lot of different guys that can do different things so that when you switch, you, you know, one guard switching when Reese Speakman comes around a Caden Shedrick screen is a completely different uh, equation from switching when it's Armand Franklin and Jaden Gardner on the other side. Cause you're yep. switched. Cause a big is switching onto a different player and the, the guard is like, everything is different. Everything is multifaceted. Um, the three point shooting will come down to earth a little bit. I'm sure. That being said, the, the point you made on the number of shooters they have is very important because it's not based around one guy like it was yeah. at times last season. It was if Armand yeah. Franklin is hot, then they're shooting okay. If Armand Franklin is cold, they got nothing. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, he's going to be the best and in, in shooter on the team and he's going to shoot the most volume of threes, but you're seeing Ben Vanderpuss. You're seeing Reese punish defenses for going under ball screens and take shots, take threes off the dribble. Um, and I think that like also the internal development that this team has had, and we've seen this throughout the years, like this is nothing new that guys who stay in the Bennett system improve over time, but you're seeing so much growth and it's not insane, but it's gradual and expected. You're seeing Reese, you're seeing Caden, you're seeing yeah. Armand, you're seeing Jaden, you're seeing so many of these guys, well, maybe not Jaden to, to an incredible extent, but defensively, <laughs> yes. I mean, so you're just seeing these guys who have time in the UVA program and get better. And as they get better together and they played together over time, the team is just, just infinitely better. And like, it's hard yeah. to predict, like, it's hard to see that coming, but I think we're starting to sort of like have to expect that out of Tony Bennett teams. Yeah. And I think when I thought about the season and the schedule and yada, 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 um, going into that event, I was like, splitting that like one and one in that event would have been 100 excellent great uh adding in the extra things that i that went on like even going oh and two and two well-played games like i would have taken that Mm -hmm. before everything everything. else happened last week yeah but especially after everything that happened last week um and to come out of there to nothing Two and out, like the only yeah only undefeated team to come out of there like blah 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 blah, um, is huge because again this wasn't a case of two overrated teams from the preseason polls like yada yada yada, right. they were two really good well coached teams with a mix of really great guard play both mm-hmm. teams had excellent guards yeah um and being able to not only hold their own but the halftime adjustments were outstanding um and they've run so many great like out of bounds plays this year jason williford baby man my guy willie some of those blobs man baseline out of bounds play (laughs) like just wide open dunks or wide open layups and you're just like that's good coaching like we know that yeah like we know we have good coaches like that's not you know anyone who again we've talked about before saying like oh i'm surprised so-and-so played this much or xyz not kihei because i'm tired of those arguments but you know he's played the most minutes on the team so far has he he's played the highest percentage yeah so he's at uh 76.9 percent yeah i'm on it i I go off of ken palm because minutes nothing to me i'm on at 75 percent of the minutes i think because of foul trouble in a couple of games that is down at 71 um and yeah um and it, yeah, I just have been legitimately every single thing. I've been very impressed. I've been impressed with 
the coaching. I've been impressed with the demeanor. I've been impressed with the leadership of the players on the court. Reese, just that last three minutes of the game, just his, he's always like throughout the game, he's always active on the ball and creating disruptions. And, you know, there's probably, if I had to say like, you know, I think there's a few times where the decision-making on the break could probably, you know, Let's chill but little, not yeah. just him. That's just like a little yeah, bit of everybody. Yeah. Like there were a couple of forced passes in the, but I also like that they're pushing it. So I don't, right. cause I think that they do a good job. And that's one of the things that people would say like, Oh, they're so slow. They don't do, they will go in transit. They like to go in transition. They will right. take transition attempts. Like they're just not looking to run the entire the offense. Pace off of that. play thing. I just, I know this has been a discussion <laughs> for the last 15 years, but like offenses can't score against them. So they get called slow and then they, work for a better than good shot on offense they're efficient and so they're called, called boring board. and it's just like because there is yeah. transition i mean listen it's i fine. was like oh maybe like the pace of play yeah. stats will be they're still last <laughs> in the country but like, oh yeah no 100 <laughs> and the other thing is <laughs> but again part of that is the defense like that's no exactly people don't, that's not an offensive pace of play that's and a, that's not that's their a, decision they're just good yeah. like they're just good on defense and so and yeah. and they get they get back in transition um Fran Fraschilla or however you say his name was talking about uh like speeding UVA up and like how Baylor and Illinois have I'm just like they always do that I know it's just like you can't do that like there is no the the way you speed Virginia up is you commit you you get them to commit turnovers which is actually something UVA can can get better at because I think there were in the two games I'm pulling up the stats right now um UVA had 12 against Illinois and how many were bullshit offensive fouls granted yeah a lot of a <laughs> lot of uh, i am the the yeah. flop call on armand i'm like i wanted to like the reese charge table. on keontae george where reese actively moved left of him yeah still bumped his body the, the, the ones referee. on the ones on caden against illinois I was like, oh, yeah. I can't. I He's like the, following uh, through the second with one? his shot, and they're like, oh yeah, charge. Okay. And it's like, I what is he supposed to do? Like, you have to jump up and down, like as if you're on defense. <laughs> it's anyway. I, I was like, I can't with this. Um, yeah, you're and, right. I think that is something that they can. Again, though, it, though, against those two. Yeah, exactly. Um, Baylor defense. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. They're, yeah, and yeah. I mean, offensive rebounding is something that that has come up big uh, for UVA. They had eight against Baylor and through stat broadcast yes. nine against Illinois, and I mean that's and that's not just one guy. I mean, we're looking at like a number of guys. We're Jane Gardner, despite not being as efficient offensively, is getting on the offensive boards. Then Vanderplas is doing that. Caden is getting in there, and so I mean, those extra possessions, especially in games like this, are huge. Yeah. Um, because you can't count on you're not going to shut Baylor's offense down. Like you're just you're not going to shut them down. UVA did it for no. ten minutes, and that's why they won the game. Yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> but then Baylor went and scored like thirty five points or something in ten minutes afterwards. So it's like yeah. But that's also that's how you win a national championship because you're not going to hold an offense that can get to the final four or the elite eight or the national championship game to fewer than 50, rarely 60 points. Yeah. You just have to, you have to be able to stop them for long enough to make a run that is going to give you a lead that you will be able to win with, whether that's in the last three minutes against Illinois, where they went on a 13 0 run to clinch the game, or if that's in like, 
you know, the first 10 minutes of the second half where UVA built up a big enough lead that they were able to hold on to it. Some issues against the press. Yeah, not like, not, not as many as... It wasn't Syracuse. It, it wasn't no. horrible. But there were still some like, okay, we got to get the yeah. ball in here. We should be able to do this with, with three veteran guards a little bit better. And those uh, were also like teams where, again, the guard play would make their their on ball defending from the guards i thought was pretty good so that that is a tougher press than you're going to see from a lot of places yeah um i do think like my if i had to pick like my big gripe from the weekend probably like i thought there was a little bit of taking the foot off the gas against baylor you know yeah. like and when you get that 21 point lead and i get it like a couple shots didn't fall right and baylor can score in bunches like if you didn't think it was going to get back within eight or whatever like i'd would love some of your optimism um but they just they can shoot in bunches and score in bunches um and they did just that um right so i think i would have liked to see a little bit more running of the stuff that was working so well for the 10 minutes where they scored you know outscored them by so much um but also i kind of i get it too like clock is your friend at that point work the possession but i I just again if that's my that's my nitpicky complaint from the weekend because otherwise it it was they were just two really really fun games to watch um and you know i i went into the season thinking like man virginia's probably gonna get worked by houston they still might houston's really good guys i'm gonna put that out there they're probably my number one um, cause I've watched a lot of basketball at this point. It's my favorite time of the year. All y'all know this. I'm currently watching two games right now in the middle of the day. Like it's amazing. Um, by the way, NC state hang with Kansas shocker. Oh, um, really? yeah, it's a two point game. Hmm? Oh, I thought Casey Marcel was about to hit that three, make it a lead. Um, shooting like 50% for three. But... I know he's, I'm so proud of him. Good for him. Um, but T R A D E R. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, the Houston team, they're probably my number one. I don't think, uh, you know, Carolina has not looked Carolina's missing Brady Manic more than I think people have talked about enough. We got the, we got the um, lanky, three lanky white boy thing going that they don't have the, yeah, the, uh, the three point shooting for the heels has fallen off a cliff to put it yeah. nicely. Um, and you know, they've had a couple tough, we'll see how they play. I think the PK 80 or whatever they're playing in. Um, and I think, you know, we've seen some interesting games from Kentucky and Kansas and Gonzaga and, you know, but that game now, Houston, Virginia, I'm, I, I think it could be fun. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I get to Charlottesville because I'm going to yeah, be up you here. Got it. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And I cannot wait for that. Like what a fun, what a non-con man, like still have a good game on the road against Michigan. That's going to be a big one. Um, And then Houston at home. And I think again, if you can split those now, the, the beauty of the main event, the continental tire main event, their marquee wins for the non-con, like they're set. They're they're set. The pressure is off. And again, we want them to win everything. Like, that's right. fine. Like go undefeated, win the national championship, like blah, blah. Huh. Um, but the pressure, when you look at last year's non-con comparatively, whew, the pressure yeah. is so off. Like not only did they not have a chance to really get many marquee wins, I think Houston would have been really the 
did they play Gonzaga last year or was that the year no, before? No, that was that was the year before. before. Yeah, Houston was the one. Iowa would have been another one, but like yeah, that would have gotten in, in the tournament if they'd won. No, it. probably um, not. Houston would have been the one, and then it was just like avoiding this really stinky losses. Um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so for UVA schedule, we mentioned it. So they come back Friday. Uh, this podcast is probably going to go Thursday morning. So tomorrow, uh, they play Maryland Eastern Shore at home. That should be a win. If it's not, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, then Michigan on the road on Tuesday, uh, November 29th. Then starting ACC play against Florida State at home on December 3rd. James Madison the following Tuesday at home. That yeah, I wouldn't go into that game feeling absolutely amazing considering last season, but I think you just go into it ready for a like yeah. ready for a game. Right. Um, and then an eleven day break with exam break. Um Houston, then Miami. Well, Houston on the seventeenth, Miami on the twentieth, uh, and then Albany closes out non con play on December twenty eighth, and then we're then we're back uh looking at ACC play, I think this team can only get better. And I know that that's obvious to say four games into the season. Um, but like, here's the thing. Isaac McNeely and Ryan Dunn didn't do a lot this weekend. And I think that they will be able to do things later in the year. And also like Ryan Dunn, like had that one offensive rebound after his three, like after the missed free throw. And then he called timeout when he had Ben Vanderplas standing right there. And this is just an example of like a tiny little nitpick where like, they only had like two timeouts left with 10 minutes to go and whatever. Um, yeah. So like little things like that will get cleaned up for them and they're going to be more impactful as the season goes on, which I think yeah. is really exciting Um, because I think that. And I think the defense will continue to get better. The defense. Yeah. We'll continue. Yeah. Right. It and always, I think almost every year it has. Um, and, some and of I the agree closeouts think... were messy against Illinois. Like those are some, yeah. there are some moments there. The, I think the, um start to finish growth will be different this year yeah just in the sense that i think because of the returning players and shout out to the guys they put in work off season like this mm-hmm. was a lot of they came back to grounds ready to compete and there was a challenge um, we've talked like, a bit already yeah tony like, bennett it, was like, like tony told him right. yeah he told reese like exactly what stuff you need to get better at and reese did it and, you know, you had Armand going to work out with Justin Anderson. Um, and these guys, like, worked really hard. Like, they, you know, deserve the praise of the hard work put in the offseason. So I, when I say that I think that the gap between, like, where they are now and where they finish is not going to be as dramatic in seasons past yeah. is only because I think that this team is starting off better than the teams we've seen the past couple seasons. Part of that is because the guys who left after the championship and, like, the yeah. COVID stuff or whatever – but I, I think that they'll continue to get better. Um, they'll just clean up stuff, which almost makes me more excited because there's not some yeah. huge no, area no where I'm like, fix this. Like, um, I agree. I think maybe the three-point shooting will. But I think that there's going to be more games where they're shooting 35 to 40% than games where they're shooting 20 to 25%. Yeah, right. I mean, like, and, and will they shoot eight Gale- of twelve or whatever it was again, or twelve of sixteen against Baylor? Like maybe not, yeah. but they shot pretty well against Monmouth well, and against you know. So against Illinois, they were five for seventeen and still put up one point yeah. one points per possession. Oh yeah, and a that's Illinois team. Yeah, and I will say too, this was something that people sometimes last year gave me shit for. Shocker, um, the 
the threes they're taking are pretty good. So I'm not even mad in that Illinois game. There were very few where I was like, oh, why are we taking that? Like, I mean, there were so many one for five. Yeah. And they were, they were a little bit, but they were close though. Yeah. And I know this again, sounds dumb because it's like, doesn't count. doesn't, you know, only counts in, you know, horseshoes and hand grenades. I get that. But we're last year. I think there was more of the like, Ooh, that was a bad shot, or it didn't right. look good. Like his form looks great. This was well, also the second game last year too, right? And this was the second game in three days. Um, mm-hmm. so it makes sense that they were makes sense, yeah. right? That your jumpers might not be as crisp in, you know. What yeah. are you making faces at? Oh, nothing. <laughs> what scary stat uh, did you just look up mid? <laughs> nothing. I mean, the the I I assume. Armand's thing is consistency. So, so four for 12, one for five against Illinois. But at the same time, like, I think that that was just a bad game. And I'm not ready to, like, yeah. call him no. out for anything Absolutely on not. that front. Um, still and had he had some points. really, really clutch plays at the end, too. He had two steals against Illinois and I think three against Baylor. He's yeah. looking like that sort of game changing UVA big guard that you put at the three, yeah. like a Devin Hall. Like, I yeah. mean, not Malcolm Brogdon, because that's... I know, it's, I know but, you're saying it's hard to say, like, like Malcolm Brogdon, right. but I what you're saying. I think, it's like I think it's the Hall comp, I think, yeah. like, the Hall, like, 2017-2018 comparison is probably more apt, because it's, he's less... Devin was probably more of a point guard than he is, but he's also probably... Anyway, not not to get into, like, yeah. huge comparisons, but, but that sort of type of player that they didn't have last year when he struggled or because he struggled. Um, Yeah. And so I think that you're seeing, whereas Jaden's impact was more immediate last year, Armand's is, is, has been a slow build. I think Jaden is a really interesting player to talk about. And we should probably wrap this up at some point here, because I think we're getting close (laughs) to an hour, but um, I, I hope, and I don't expect this because they're all very selfless guys. Yeah. Um, but the Jaden Van Vanderplas dynamic is an interesting one. They played together yeah. small ball against Illinois for the longest period of time that they have yet. And I, I think liked that it. That, that could be their closing lineup. It. Right. Yeah. And the defense was better than it had been with those two on the floor. Some of that is matchups with Illinois. Yeah. Um, but I think with Jaden, it is it would have been hard for him regardless to replicate mm-hmm. at least right away what he did last season because yeah. he was just so important last season and the offense relied on him to make really difficult long twos um he was good at them and i don't think that he's lost that touch i'm not concerned no. i know people like i'm not concerned at all the difference this year is we don't have to ask him to do everything yeah. and it's also people are guarding him a lot tighter like mm-hmm. he's, you know, the guy coming that did year, everything last the, year. Right. He's yeah, a top guy on the so, report coming in. Exactly. Season. And so now that there are other players like making shots and like we already talked about stretching the defense out, they can't. I actually kind of wonder. I watched the replay of the Illinois game. <laughs> I think he looked back at the Illinois bench after that first three, like 12 seconds into the game. Like, and like it gave Oregon, me very, yes, it yeah, gave me yeah. very Oregon vibes. Where he's like getting chirped at, like, like four yeah, years later, he's like, yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Um, but when he can do those things, when they don't, they're not hesitating. There were so many times last year. How many times we talk about? It, where it was so frustrating because they'd like 
hesitate on those open threes. There'd be great yeah. ball movement, ball gets to someone, and they're like, well, I shouldn't shoot this because we're bad at threes. Like, just kind of that thing. That's not happening this year, which is great. And so far, we've seen the like benefits of that. But I just mean, like, Jaden will have, I think Jaden will have his opportunities. I don't think that we're going to, I don't think he's going to be the leading scorer this year. And that's okay. That's totally fine. Um, because he's doing, like you said, the stuff he's putting in the the grunt work, like he's putting mm-hmm. in the work on the boards, he's putting in work at the free throw line. Like, I think that he's still, this team has so many great pieces and the, the way that you can mix and match these guys is probably the thing I'm most excited about for the season, because even when they had Caden in foul trouble, there were options, you know, and yeah. when, when Poppy came in and he's getting a, you know, a couple quick fouls as <laughs> Because the poor guy can't look at anyone without it being like, that looks bad. You're you're you just committed a foul, but he's getting on the boards. He's getting putbacks. He's block. Right. He had a great block down the stretch. Anyway, so all that to say, like, I'm not worried about Jaden. I think even though the production isn't the same as last year to this point, I think he's he's going to be just fine, and he's going to be there. Will be a couple games where he has. 26 you know what i mean oh, like yeah. he's gonna have a game yeah. where he just go when do we play syracuse <laughs> um, <laughs> when do we play in zone syracuse um, well because i think he's a guy talk about like so i'm already looking at like zone busting from these guys oh yeah like, this seems absurd. You, have, like, you put van ben vanderplas in the middle of a zone yes! like what are you doing like you're like, the sorry. passing out of there oh, right, and he can heart. and he can pull up and he like, can shoot the, right. his free throws are great so you put him right at the top oh beautiful yeah. I'm sorry. i will say Jaden. i think he's probably forced a couple of shots yeah and but you know i think that's fair because guess what he had to do all of last season take every shot shots <laughs> yes. so um there's that his free throw shooting he's 17 for 25 that's 68 percent. he's a career 75 percent yeah, throw shooter, and he was 79 percent last year so that'll bump up he just had a couple yeah. bounce out that well, he, one air ball so let's not do well those. okay yeah um <laughs> Just aside, one, no, I think. He his form looked a little like forced. I, I'm not a shooting form, whatever instructor. Yeah, but I, I think it, no, you're not. Well, believe it or not, um, <laughs> I actually taught Kyle Guy everything he knows. Um, <laughs> McNeely had one that he, three that he didn't take, and it ended in a Ben Vanderposs three, so it didn't matter. Yeah, but the entire bench, and I'm talking like the coaching staff, like Jason Morf was like. Oh. <laughs> like, like you could see everyone on the staff other than Tony, like visibly, like react yeah, you got to take that man, that. right? And and I mean, and I will get s- there. Yeah, and, and his passing is another underrated thing. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, that one. I think it was Illinois. I'm blanking that the game's mixed together for me. But Kihei drove the baseline. It was probably Baylor if he was driving the baseline. But he drove the baseline. Oh, like, in the air, passed it over. It to yeah. McNeely, who goes <laughs> up like. 10 feet in the air to then pocket pass it perfectly yeah. to Ben. And I'm thinking like, listen, no yeah. disrespect to like Cody Statman or like, I mean, Tane Murray will probably get some time this year as well. But like last year, that was Tane Murray and Cody Statman. Tane in his first year and Cody Statman in his whatever year. Um, and I don't think that that play is getting made. Two very good, capable players. But I'm just saying that like yeah. the, no, I... just the little things that the depth even if isaac isn't putting up the 15 i mean he had 15 points against monmouth so like whatever but yeah. even if like it's the little things that are going right for this team right now they're going to get punched in the mouth they might lose to houston but like at the same time they, they've they showed yeah. the potential 
And I think that that's sort of something yeah. we were looking for. Cause like, I think we all knew like, okay, this team isn't going to be it, at its worst. It's not going to be as bad as it was last year. The floor is going to be better yeah. just because of the experience. Can they hit that? And, and everyone's saying ceiling potential, all that jazz, but like, can they hit that sort of like high water mark that is making a tournament run? And I think that we're starting to see that. And I think that these yeah. guys are only going to get better both individually and as a team, not as significantly maybe as last season, but like things are going to get cleaned up as you yeah. said. Yeah, I think that I think what I was trying to say is like the delta in where yeah. they started and where they end up is right. not going to be as dramatic because they're not starting as low. Yeah. But the like overall height, I oh, think they're absolutely. almost they're already I think they're already past this. I think I honestly think this this team's floor is already above last year's ceiling. Yeah, I agree. Is, I, that, I think that, is that too aggressive? This early? I mean, like they only beat NC Central by 12. But like yeah, but NC Central. I'm gonna keep an eye good. on that team. I'm yeah. gonna keep an eye on that team. Um, they just made things really difficult for any sort of offensive rhythm. Yeah. Um, and and, yeah. and and they were impressive with their own offensive schemes. Um, yeah. And countering UVA. So yeah, I mean it's it's hard to say four games in because they've played very well in all of these games in at least yeah. the last three games. So it's hard to say. Then again, they shot five for seventeen against Illinois. So maybe that's sort of a floor game i don't know it's hard to define but yeah um this team is very good at basketball and that's really fun and, and really nice yeah i enjoy i enjoy that a yeah lot. it's 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 good um i think you know with that i think we covered i mean uh, uva women's soccer kicks off um this weekend i'm trying to pull up against who that is um uh, i already forget sunday uh who are they playing i'm i'm completely blanking on this and i should really know this i think it's on saturday um ucla it's at ucla yes. number one seed yeah. in the region beat Great. northwestern Great. so um you know you don't know you never know um the uva men's team tips off against maryland eastern shore friday um at couple women's time. games this weekend couple there's women's a team both Saturday and Sunday, I think 2 p.m. both days. So oh, really? if you're Not around and don't have anything to do, um, get on out there and support the ladies because they definitely deserve it. Yeah, no, they're going to be, they're going to be, I mean, this is a tournament team. Like that's a legitimate. They're playing great. I'd yeah. love to see it because they're just, they're playing gritty, hard basketball and even games where they fall behind, they are just able to make coaching adjustments and then. Yeah. It's Women crazy are... what those can do for you. You know what? It's wild. It's wild yeah. stuff. Um, with that, uh, once again, want to push the GoFundMe's for the families of um, Deshaun Perry, uh, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Devin Chandler, um, as well as Marley Morgan. You can find those um, on streetandlawn.com. You can find those on my Twitter. You can Google it. There's a GoFundMe page that I'm sure will pop up. Um, so, Obviously, those families are in absolutely dire need of any and all help at this time. Uh, Caroline, thank you so much for joining me. Always. Uh, with that, everybody, um, have a good week. Uh, we'll be back here talking UVA sports shortly. And uh, go Hoos! Hey.